Hey everyone, I'm Jen Alberg and welcome to the Key Academy podcast. The Key Academy is my coaching business where myself and coaches focus on health, performance, and longevity. I've spent the last 12 years coaching people how to optimize health and performance and this podcast is an attempt to synthesize what I've learned over the years to help you live a higher quality or more fulfilling life. If you enjoy this content or have questions that you want covered, click the show notes to find out how to learn more from me. Hello and welcome back. Uh, I would like to connect sleep and your diet because I think that they're more intertwined than than people think. And and one thing that I'm moving towards in some of these podcasts is I'm taking so, so many of the compilations of the questions that I get throughout the the week and synthesizing them into uh, some things that I want to be able to put out there for people to listen to um, and maybe even reference back. So, so while I don't have an exact question for, from anyone on this, I, I think that there is maybe a misunderstanding around the third leg of health and fitness. And that third leg is sleep. We, so we get wrapped up in talking about diet and exercise and and that third leg is just as important as as the first two. So um in in this one I I just I want to connect this the sleep and diet portion. So I wanted to do a series on sleep, but it turns out that that people don't really like talking about sleep because um I think it's because they don't think that they can change it and and or it you know their their life circumstances don't allow for it to be changed. So why are we spending our time talking about things that I can't change? Which is a similar conversation that I have with people around stress. So let's let's just talk about, I'm just going to talk about sleep and how it impacts your your diet, your diet choices, your hormones. Uh, yeah, that's, so let's just, let's just talk about sleep and how it impacts you. When we aren't getting sufficient sleep, so I'm going to use the word underslept probably quite a bit. And so I want to define that for you first, because you might feel underslept and you're not actually underslept and vice versa. Um, So underslept technically is getting, you know, consistently getting less than six hours a night. And that doesn't mean, and that doesn't mean just a one-time shot less than six hours. If you get less than six hours in a night, that means today you are underslept. But if you are continuously overslept, then you are getting consistently under six hours. That's that's the the definition of it. So when we aren't getting sufficient sleep, it's not only our hunger and our satiety hormones that get dysregulated, but we we also see changes that are neurochemical. And meaning like our brain, our brain changes when, when we aren't getting enough sleep. There was a study done just a few years ago where they took well-slept people, so over six hours consistently, and then they deprived them to five hours for just one night. And, and then the next day, they put them in an MRI uh, to watch brain activity while, while showing them pictures of different kinds of food. You know, one group of foods being the healthy, the the quote unquote less pleasurable foods, um, real natural foods, and then the other grouping being your unhealthy, much more pleasurable dessert type foods, your your ice cream, pizzas, and things like that. And the the brain under sleep deprivation, the brain responded differently depending on what food was presented. They found that the 
the amygdala, which is is in charge of your like positive and negative emotions towards what your eyes are seeing, lit up. So the amygdala shines much more brightly to these highly pleasurable foods versus the unhealthy foods. And but only when somebody is is underslept. It's not necessarily the case when somebody is well slept. Both the amygdala and the hippocampus fire fairly equally when you are uh, adequately slept. The other finding, as I just alluded to, the other other finding was that the prefrontal cortex was inhibited. And that's the area where logic comes in and would normally be able to help you walk by the fridge and like not get the cake out and start eating it. That portion of the brain is inhibited while the amygdala is shining brightly. So your your brain has a harder time just fighting those cravings, basically. And you experience that and you know it to be true. Um, but sometimes there's some some validation when it's also scientifically backed. Uh, now let's let's take a look at the connection between sleep and and body weight and appetite. So that that hunger and satiety piece. So um, first you have to understand the the two hormones, leptin and ghrelin. If you've heard of them before, um, skip ahead about 30 seconds, but leptin is the hormone that signals to your brain that you are satisfied with food and it tells you that you are no longer hungry. Um, so that you can, you, you can stop eating. I'm satisfied. That's what it tells you. And ghrelin is the opposite. It tells you that you are hungry and unsatisfied. So you kind of keep searching for more food. A lack of sleep just changes the balance between these two, uh, which means that your your leptin levels are such that you never feel satisfied and your ghrelin levels are such that you are never feeling full. So you're never satisfied and you're always hungry is a, is a really rough place to be when you're trying to lose weight. So that's the the hunger um, or the, the appetite hormone response to, to being underslept. So it's the, the brain activity response and then the appetite response. Um, the next thing that happens with being underslept is around your metabolic hormones like blood sugar and insulin. There's Those set of hormones are skewed with sleep issues as well. Those metabolic hormones, which I, I don't need to explain what blood glucose is or insulin is because I've already done that. But recall that insulin sensi- insensitivity is a primary driver of weight gain and of metabolic health. So when we're underslept, both sides of the blood sugar and insulin response are dysregulated. Meaning not only are blood sugars higher, but insulin can't communicate to the cell to bring that blood sugar down. In fact, uh, limiting someone to just one week of four hours a night will cause blood work to look eerily similar to prediabetes or diabetes. Uh, your your hemoglobin A1C wouldn't show, but your, your other hormones that, that we're testing as far as diabetes go would show that you are prediabetic if you are severely restricted in sleep. So that's what happens with your blood sugar and insulin levels as you are underslept. And that's, I don't mean to just like 
fly through that. I don't have any more information for you. I think I just want to stop and say, like, that's a big deal. Um, cause you can, cause you can, you can do a lot of metabolic damage by, by being underslept. Um, the, the, the other thing is your gut, your gut's reaction to being underslept. So we, we have changes in our brain. We have changes in our hunger hormones. And then now we have changes in our metabolic hormones. And now like, let's talk about your gut microbiome, which I feel like is a buzzword right now. Microbiome is not new, guys. It's just out there for some reason right now. Um, just like everything else kind of ebbs and flows. Uh, but your your gut microbiome is like a forest inside your gut that helps regulate a healthy intestinal tract. While you're when you're underslept, your your gut shifts into to more of a like fermented environment instead of a bacterial environment. Um, the reason that's not optimal is because we need the bacterial environment to have a healthy gut balance and a, and a healthy gut means optimal functioning metabolism and it means optimal functioning immune systems. So why does that happen? Um, the reason your gut is so affected by the lack of sleep is because of the hormone cortisol, which I've talked about in referencing stress in the past and and not sleeping is such a stressful situation for for you and especially being chronically underslept. It's a stressful situation on you and your body, but if we have and if we have too much cortisol, our gut will shift into that fermented direction and again look like the gut of someone with diabetes or who has insulin resistance issues. So Gosh, it's like it's 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 starting to affect everything metabolically is is basically what I'm saying. And it's a slow response while it can be acute over the course of of a week's time if you're underslept. Uh usually we can, you know, get back to getting some better sleep and all those things start to normalize and whatever, but when we're in a chronically underslept situation, all of these things just slowly get worse and worse and worse and What's weird about it is that it actually, these things that are happening because you are underslept actually make it harder to sleep. And so that's your vicious cycle. And it's, and it's, it's, it is a tough cycle, which kind of brings me to, I, I guess I've been talking about how sleep affects your body and, and therefore your food choices, but how do your food choices affect your sleep? So what's the, so let's kind of reverse engineer that first diets that are high in sugar and low in fiber so the standard american diet are worse for your sleep at night uh you'll have less deep sleep you'll have less total sleep because sugar sugar will increase your metabolic rate and and your temperature along with that and most people don't know this but your temperature has to drop a whole degree before you can actually get into deep sleep so um if you're consuming sugar and increasing your metabolism and, and heart rate, even by one beat per minute, your temperature is going up a little bit and, and can't drop so that you can get into sleep, even if you are laying there. So make sure that you're eating plenty of fiber and real foods and, and you, you'll sleep a little bit better. Secondly, make sure you aren't hungry or full going to sleep, which is hard, especially as I said before, if your leptin and ghrelin levels are off, like if you're never feeling 
full and you're always hungry. Uh, how do I do that, Jen? Like, how do I, how do I go to bed? Not hungry, but not full. And so, uh, that, that just means that I I need you to make sure that you consume food one to two hours away from your bedtime. And the only exception there is if you need something because you are starting to feel hungry before you get, go to bed, if you need something right before you go to bed to maybe take the edge off of your hunger, then consume, I always tell people peanut butter because, um, it's, it's fat. It's got a little protein. It's, it's not, it's usually low in sugar. Uh, and fat can kind of slow down your digestion a little bit and, and not increase your, your body temperature. So try to eat between one and two hours before you go to bed and you'll at least be setting yourself up or have a better chance to sleep well. So yeah, it, it impacts your sleep and sleep impacts your diet. I feel like I just touched the surface here. So, so I, I could talk about sleep and the neuroscience and metabolic aspects of sleep for hours. Uh, so I guess I'd like to ask you, I want to ask you guys if, if that's something that you want to hear, um, I could talk about how, how sleep works, dreaming phases of sleep, uh, effects of caffeine and alcohol on sleep, how to get better sleep. What's the deal with sleep anyway? Um, et cetera, I guess. So this is my survey, I guess. Uh, email me, let me know if you do want to hear something that I just listed or more about sleep, let me know. I I haven't been getting a ton of questions about sleep. Instead, I have been, been getting a lot of complaints about sleep. And I don't see it as complaints. I see it as communicating. I'm just saying I I'm not getting questions about sleep. I'm just, I'm seeing a lot of people that are struggling with sleep and they're communicating that to me. But so I think that people don't have questions around sleep because I I think that we don't know what we don't know. Um, So let me know. 